Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin. Uh, glad to have you with us today. I'm here as usual with my two co-hosts, Amy Bird, the housewife theologian, and Todd Pruitt, who is lead executive senior pastor at Escalation, <laughs> formerly known as Covenant Presbyterian Church Harrisonburg. I thought we were going to call it founder. I'm a movement founder. Right? And we're also being watched over today by the the relentless and ruthless eye of our new producer. You know that we were once ruled by she who must be obeyed, uh, who was replaced by the mad woman in the attic. Well, somebody left the door of the attic open and she has escaped and disappeared. <laughs> and we now have Cruella DeVille, who has taken time out from uh, slaughtering innocent Dalmatian puppies <laughs> to oversee mortification of spin. So welcome to Cruella. What we want to talk about today is common sense. Why has it gone out of fashion in conservative evangelical circles? Why is there so much lunacy being spouted, even in what one would have expected to be comparatively sane theological contexts? Todd, Amy, common sense, overrated or extinct? (laughs) I think there needs to be a new revival of common sense among Christians. I think one of the things we've talked about a lot is just how overly spiritualized oftentimes the neo-reformed have made things. And so, you know, just some of the examples we've seen is uh, one extremely visible and influential ministry posted something recently where they offered us numerous, I think it was seven reasons why you shouldn't send nude selfies. As, as, as though we needed yeah. multiple reasons. Hey, I, I need at least one. 13 reasons before I give up that bit. I, you know, I mean, we, we, we thought, you know, really, there's really, do you need more than one reason? Do you, and, and, and do you need to explain to Christians really why? Right. If there's a Christian sending nude selfies, yeah. is it because they haven't been given Doesn't everybody the, the right know that's reasons wrong? not to do that? But that's when that when we saw that hit a while back, uh, we started having some conversations about what has happened to common sense that a well-known highly influential reformedish ministry has to actually do a blog post on why not to send nude selfies do they do one on 12 reasons why you shouldn't murder your grandmother right right. that's the thing yeah (laughs) i'll get to writing that one maybe it'll get the same kind of traffic so it was you know another one that we saw recently and we were talking about earlier is 10 signs you're getting too close to a friend to your bff Uh, yeah to your bff and one of them was you begin sharing a bed as, as though that could be a tip-off. Well, Todd, it's getting a little weird. We're clearly going to have to change the sleeping arrangements when you come and visit me in my house. Exactly. I mean, what, at what point? Todd doesn't even want to sit uh, next to us in a booth at a restaurant. <laughs> oh, man. At what point can we say, I think we can assume this? Now, again, I know that there are some things that can no longer be assumed in contemporary culture, but... But I don't have time to write 
posts and articles on how, listen, if you're sleeping with your best friend, maybe your relationship's gotten weird. I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that. What about nicknames? We like to use. <laughs> yeah, Cuddle Bunny. If you're calling your best friend Cuddle Bunny, maybe it's gotten a bit strange. Or a Pookie, because that's, that's what I generally call you. But exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. Well, we have and, such and a- girls are a little different. I mean, they might share a bed in a hotel room or something. That's not weird all the time so yeah, i think yeah. that sounds weird to me yeah, of course it's... it sounds weird to you you're british and a guy <laughs> <laughs> um, but it doesn't my wife, necessarily my wife mean and you're i sleep in separate rooms I mean, I feel that, that's appropriate. <laughs> very 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 british so the question is judging by all of the content that is being pushed out by some prominent ministries that seem to be answering questions that nobody i know is actually asking <laughs> the question is has common sense become a sin in other words, is common sense something just kind of fleshy and, you know, is it not gospel centered enough? Well, and I think posts like this feed into the stereotype that evangelicals have of, you know, not being very intelligent. <laughs> Unbelievers know can give you plenty of reasons why sending a nude selfie is wrong. It's really stupid. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're getting too close to their best friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are topic. They're not even really that Christian of articles. Right. But apparently Christians need multiplied reasons Just as common. to why not to send a nude selfie. In part, I mean, to try to find a positive motivation for this nonsense. Please do. If I could put it that because way. Because you're always um, looking for the positive. I'm always looking He's for the positive. Mm-hmm. I think it in part arises out of what probably a good desire for on one hand to be obedient mm-hmm. and also a desire, an instinctive, but I think ill-informed and misplaced desire to find the spiritual in everything, Right, that everything has to be spiritualized. I, I did my ancient history studies under a Marxist supervisor, and one of the things interesting about Marxism is it, it makes everything political. Mm-hmm. And I think there are strong impulses in evangelical Christianity to make everything spiritual in a very explicit kind of way. And that's a good instinct on the one hand in that, yes, people are trying to be obedient and trying to take their faith seriously and apply their faith to all areas of their life. But one has to be very careful that if you have an inaccurate view of what spirituality is, it can lead you into arrant nonsense, such as we've just described. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a youth pastor, and I I said something to my church recently about this in a sermon at some point because it made sense to do so, but I, I used to encourage parents as they borrowing from Deuteronomy 6, as they sought to, you know, along the way, teach their children and that kind of thing, that that could be carried to an extreme that will end up annoying your child. And the illustration I would always give is, you know, if you're sitting down for breakfast and you have scrambled eggs, don't go on and on with your child about how meaningful the scrambled eggs are or how the (laughs) scrambled eggs point you to Jesus or else you'll just lose them (laughs) Mm -hmm. at that point. You have to employ some common sense there. Now, Carl, you are married to a Scottish person. Yeah. And when we talk about common sense, you know, I think about Scottish common sense realism. People maybe took a uh, a freshman introductory philosophy course and heard about common sense realism coming from the Scottish. What would be the difference between maybe something that maybe somebody has heard about that in a philosophy class and what we're maybe talking about, about common sense? Well, Scottish common sense realism is more of an epistemological mm-hmm. tradition, talking about how our sense perception 
essentially gives us an accurate guide to the way the world is. If you were to look for the, the sort of philosophical counterpoint, if Thomas Reed is the, the archetype of Scottish common sense realism, one could set him over against David Hume, mm-hmm. for example, who is a profound skeptic in terms of sense perception giving us a guide to reality. So common sense being used there, it's being used in a more narrowly philosophical mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. of the word. I think what we're talking about here is, you know, we're made in God's image. God has given us certain innate capacities that allow us to make decisions based on our understanding of the world and the situations in which we find ourselves that don't require a little voice in our head mm-hmm. telling us what to do and don't necessarily require us to find an explicit biblical justification right. for everything we might choose to do. Right. Like, like you don't necessarily have to find a verse to be creeped out about sharing a bed with your best friend. <laughs> no, that's just creepy. Right. Exactly. Well, when you say that- Same with hugging, I have to say. Well, that's, <laughs> that's creepy <laughs> too. Did my uh, wife hug you this morning? She did. I would stress Todd I was there. Todd was yesterday there. too. I, I, I wanted to make sure that <laughs> yes. happened because I knew that that would make you uncomfortable. It was very creepy. I have to say, it was very creepy. <laughs> uh, well, I would say that common sense that we're talking about is based on natural law which an unbeliever kind of knows in their heart as well as a believer and so there are things that we should be able to know by virtue of the fact that god has made us in a special way and and we can just know it so when we talk about common sense i'm not talking about an epistemology that says there is something autonomous and authoritative in us but going back to how we're made and designed Mm -hmm. And, and you can appeal to natural law without you know going overboard and talking about natural sure, law. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give my children seven reasons why they shouldn't punch the kid at the bus stop kind of thing. Right. You know, like they already know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you raise your kids with right and wrong. But if I were to give the seven reasons not to send a nude selfie, my kids would look at me like, why are you talking to me like I'm an idiot? Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. But this was written for adults. Yeah, I right. think that's the staggering thing. It's mm-hmm. that this sort of stuff is being marketed to adults that you thought, <laughs> wow, you know, if a 35-year-old in my congregation really needs to sit down with their pastor and have explained So then to we them, need to look at their heart issues <laughs> a lot more than giving them seven reasons not to send yeah, a new oh, song. Oh, that's my just basic maturity. Yeah. Right. And, dare I say it, common sense. Yeah. I, I've, I've told my boys several years ago, you know, because kids can do stupid things. Right. And I said, look, I know that you will have friends who will do something really stupid with the phone on their camera. Mm -hmm. Guys, just know this. If you do anything stupid like that, you're moving what would technically be child pornography and you can get arrested and have a record. Federal crime. Conversation was over at that point. Yeah. 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 I think a closely related phenomenon to this is the need to spiritualize everything. So there has to be a gospel centered comment or approach to everything out there. I mean, the other day we were reading, the three of us were reading an article on uh, U2's mm-hmm. Joshua Tree album, and it was, you know, how wonderful and profound, etc., etc., and how prophetic an album it was, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's 30 years since the Joshua Tree came out. I was there in 1987 <laughs> at Wembley Stadium when U2 played on the first Joshua Tree tour. They were supported by Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground, Absolute rubbish, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> and the Pogues. And the Pogues stole the show that day. Because they were more fun. Because they were more fun. Rock and roll, I love rock. 
but it is an inherently trivial medium. And as soon as you try to make it serious or prophetic, it ceases to be fun. Frankly, it ceases to be rock and it becomes ridiculous. Right. What do you think of that? I couldn't agree more. When I saw that they were doing an anniversary Joshua Tree tour, my two thoughts were, well, I'm glad they're doing that and I would love to go see it. And secondly, my thought was, and I know a few websites that are going to write for a year about how gospel-centered and prophetic it was. And it just made me cringe. And it was not prophetic for me to predict that. It was just common sense. I knew they were going to do it, and sure enough, they have. And like you said, listen, I like you too, love the Joshua Tree, but I'm concerned about you know purportedly so-called reformed ministries that are calling Bono prophetic you to prophetic if that's our definition of prophetic then we've become very immature biblically well we seem to be giving into the same thing that the culture does with giving celebrities some sort of church status Mm -hmm. and so now we're going to listen to a rock bands telling us what to do whereas i think what rock bands are good at is having a pulse on our culture and you can see the art well in their singing when they're really hitting on you know how people are feeling now in this time and age and getting into that kind of thing but when they start getting very political or over spiritualized i think it gets a little i I think the main thing is just that they know how to really hit a really strong g chord (laughs) i think that's the main thing if they could stick with that then we'd all be better for it but yeah so everything has to be spiritualized and particularly everything has to be gospel centered and so we look for the the redeemer and everything wonder woman you know let's find jesus in wonder woman let's find jesus in the joshua tree and again i i I think it all started with the matrix it did you know ever since the matrix dumb movie with a million plot holes came out and somebody started seeing jesus in it i I just wayne's world where's the redeemer theme wayne's world is one of my favorite movies that is totally different clearly that is a gospel prophetic movie do you think alice cooper is the redeemer figure he is the redeemer figure total depravity there they do you know we are not totally yeah. I watched Wayne's World recently. My wife was out for the evening. And I said to my youngest son, I said, okay, we're going to watch a couple of movies tonight that have no redeeming features. I didn't talk about redeeming figures, I said, but they're absolutely worth watching. Um, Wayne's World and This Is Spinal Tap. Those are the two we watched. And you didn't feel the need to write an article afterwards? But I felt the redemption in both movies was so obvious. Yeah. It would be an insult right. to people's it intelligence. Common, if it's I common sense to see it there. I would be interested, you know, you just mentioned This Is Spinal Tap. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that if we did a google search on gospel centered spinal taps somebody has done that i'm almost a little exercise for later to do that a L- little t- exercise for later well we're not saying that it's not worthwhile to see god's good work in the common things around us and certainly there are things in god's good world that can remind us of jesus and remind us of his redemptive work Seven things we're not saying. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I'm going to give you seven things we're not saying. Because sure enough, our critics will say, oh, they hate God and they hate Jesus. And, but it seems that this has become so labored that as soon as I see an article about trying to join Jesus to one other pop culture reference, I want to set you know the remaining hair on my head on fire and jump out a window. Well, and I see that in a lot of parenting material as well. People want to take gospel-centered approaches to potty training and right. you know, everything from potty training to mm-hmm. all the different you know, ways of discipline. And there are, you know, as Christians, we have to think 
Christianly about what we're doing, mm-hmm. but to over spiritualize every little thing. Whenever people ask me for potty training advice, because I was pretty good at that, I would say, look, because people would say, I just can't do it. I can't do it. We can potty train dogs, mm-hmm. you know, so we can potty train people. Right, right. And, and, <laughs> that yeah. was my big thing that I told myself yeah. when with, I went into with, it. With boys, with boys, just float a, float a Cheerio in the toilet. They'll know we what to do at that point. We don't need to overthink point. this. It Common sense right there. Boom. The potty whisperer. God, we got a new TV series. Gospel-centered <laughs> potty training. But no, I do think that a lot of times, because you do have a lot to learn as a young parent, mm. there's just so many books out there and- God has given you a brain, use it. Right. And I think that points us back to the broader question of Christian guidance. How are we guided as Christians in our day-to-day lives? I don't get up in the morning and pray, Lord, should I have breakfast this morning or not? (laughs) Right. Should I go to work this morning or not? And wait for that still small voice to- No, I get up and I do things, guess what? Because I have a brain. Right. I engage that brain. (laughs) I do that. And Christian guidance, of course, is as much to do with the incremental- sanctification of one's mind that takes place day by day and week by week through the ordinary ministry of the church, the ordinary means of grace, to the extent that maybe instinctive is the wrong way of putting it, but, you know, I instinctively know when Todd comes to visit that we shouldn't share the same bed. I don't need to read an article on that. I instinctively know that's the case. It's not a, it's, it's intuitive. Put it this way. But I just feel yeah. it would be weird. I feel in my heart it would be wrong. No, I think there's the, the issue of Christian guidance comes up here, and that is so often Christians have this rather, dare one say it, almost narcissistic view that God has a special plan for their life right. that he has to specially reveal to them in yeah. some way. Whereas, in fact, we're not that unique. There are general guidelines for the living of human life, both in what we might say the city of this world mm-hmm. and in the heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we're simply to apply those principles day by day as we mm-hmm. go about our daily business. Yeah. Do you think, too, just... The presence of the internet and all of the books that are available to us, I almost think that it's taken away from even regular mentoring, discipleship, and church life, just community church life, and yeah. learning from those who've come before us. Instead, you yeah. know, it's, it's easier to get a parenting book. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so they need to write more, and, and, and so and they the, get more. Yeah, yeah. The elevation outlandish. of the expert, yeah. even just to get common sense. So, in other words. But again, they wrote the blog post on it. You know, why would I need to turn to a well-known Christian theologian pastor to be given multiple reasons not to send a nude selfie when my friend at church could probably tell me why not to do right, that? Right, right. Or hopefully, why <laughs> yeah. my brain could tell why me brain, why not to do that. If I went up that. to my friend in church and said, I'm thinking of sending a new <laughs> selfie. Is that a good idea? Yeah, yeah. You have to tell Can me you I'm imagine there is that sort of thing frowned well, upon here. <laughs> you know, excuse my ignorance on this. On the issue of on the issue of guidance, I was raised in that milieu of American evangelicalism where there were multiplied studies, sermon series, and books on how to find God's will for your life. If in this generation, the church growthy kind of movement is every sermon has to be about sex, in the 1980s, everything had to be about God's will, finding God's will for your life. And we would just salivate at that because, again, it was driven by this thing of there's got to be something utterly different and special about my life. has a special plan for Uh, you. Exactly, about what I'm going to do. And I've had this conversation with my boys is 
listen, guys, the noble thing in life, if you're a man and if God gives you a wife, is you go to work, you make a living, you provide, and if that's all there is, then that was noble and that was good. You don't have to find a special inner voice that shows you how you're going to live in victory. No, victory means you got up each day this week and did your work to the best of your ability and you got paid so that you could have food and clothing and a roof. These are common sense things. Even lost people can know this. They don't have to have the still small voice because they're created in the image of God. And these are common sense types of things. Mm -hmm. We don't need Joel Osteen to say, you're going to rise above and don't listen to the naysayers. God's got a plan that's bigger than you can imagine. Well, yeah, but generally I don't get to experience that until after I die. Right now it's about going to work and fulfilling my responsibilities. And there I think you're making an important connection with the increasingly psychologized understanding of the self. Mm -hmm. That what we're seeing in this hyper-spiritual micromanaging of life is actually the church's equivalent of the kind of stuff you're getting in the wider therapeutic culture. And that's a real problem. Mm -hmm. That's a real problem. Well, and there's an absence then of talking about sin. I mean, that would be our number one reason for not sending <laughs> selfie, right? right? It, so, I mean, to, I'm able to, identify to be what able sin to is. sit yeah. under the preached word of God and God's means of grace every Sunday, you know, you're going to be hearing about sin mm-hmm. and holiness yeah. and grace and forgiveness and all those things. So you already have that whole thing working in yeah, you. Yeah, hopefully. Why it's wrong to send a nude selfie. Exactly. That would fall in the category of sinful things. Right. Uh, that people do and therefore so, we I should mean, not Right. Do. That would be definitely unholy. Right. And so I don't think we need seven psychological reasons right. of why our life would be better if mm-hmm. we didn't. I mean, those are true, but they're yeah. not really the main reason why we shouldn't send a nude selfie anyway. Right. Yeah. The other side of this, and this is more difficult to get at, but I do think that sites that put out daily copy yeah it's difficult to say something good every day you need a broad team of good writers if you're going to do that and i think a lot of these sites are generating articles for the sake of creating just hits more hits yeah and one of the things todd said in the past is like you know reading this well-known site that we won't name for legal reasons etc (laughs) etc they keep telling me about problems that i didn't even know existed that's a function of the need to be constantly Mm -hmm. pushing stuff on the web Um, there are people out there who boast you know they put up a blog post every day for the last 10 years and well nobody doesn't that like produce anxiety in people i think so in me and it generates a lot of a lot of garbage as yeah. well. Uh, it creates a lot of chatter for the sake of chatter. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a different topic, but that is shaping mm-hmm. Christian spirituality. It's clickbait it needs too. To be addressed Nude at selfie. Some point. Yeah, yeah, it's clickbait, and and it, and it creates a, a an Wonder atmosphere among Christians where, again, you know, I can't trust my common sense. I need to see what this ministry says mm-hmm. about nude selfies. You know, or is me sharing a bed with my best friend? You know, here I thought it wasn't creepy at all, but now I know that it is. Um, <laughs> you know, it creates maybe a, a psychological dependence upon some of these ministries, and I can't right. even trust my common sense anymore. So, well, hopefully this has 
been um, entertaining for you. Um, <laughs> Please yeah. don't send you selfies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just but, in case yeah. it wasn't made clear, we are anti-nude selfie. Certainly don't send them to us. We're anti-nude selfie. Pro um, common sense. Right. When I travel with guys from my church, like I just did down to General Assembly in North Carolina, I shared a hotel room with one of the pastors I serve with. There was one king-size bed, and I made him sleep in a rollaway, just to give you an idea. And he offered to put pillows down the middle of the bed and everything. Nope, not going to happen. Um, so so anyway, there's your common sense uh, for the day. But you're we, moving towards the OPC, I think. Yeah, you're exactly. not going to fit in the PC. Right, right. Um, but, but we would like, I think we're going to try to give away a book. You can go to our website, mortificationofspin.org, and enter to win a book by Philip Carey. It's called Good News for Anxious Christians, 10 Things You Don't Have to Do. Good news for anxious Christians, 10 things you don't have to do. Philip Carey is a man who kind of oozes common sense and sanctified reasoning skills. And among the things you don't have to do that he outlines in this book is, you know, hear God's voice in your heart. And he mounts one of the best contemporary defenses I've read on the sufficiency of Scripture. So we'd love for you to go to our site, enter to win that book, and donate we are a donor-supported podcast out there making sure that you only need one reason not to send a nude selfie. And if you want good wisdom like that to continue, then you can support Mortification of Spin. I would also like to say this, that of all the Christian podcasts out there, we have probably said the word nude more often <laughs> in this episode than any other Christian podcast. So... You're welcome. (laughs) Until we speak next time, thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin. Well, are you tired of just listening to our voices, the smooth, dulcet sounds that come from our diaphragms out through our mouths? Well, I understand as good as our voices are, our faces are even better. And to allow you a good look at us and what it looks like when we record an episode of Mortification of Spin, we will be live streaming a recording session. And it's going to be on September 15th at 1.15 in the afternoon. And all you need to do to join us for that is to go to alliancelive.org and sign up and you'll be able to join us in a more full and complete experience. You will get to see Amy's dining room or living room, one of the rooms in her house we will be uh, checking out. We might even do a full house tour to see what kind of homemaker she is. You will get to see firsthand whether or not Carl and I's receding hairlines are as bad and severe as they seem to be in certain still shots, and which one of us is retaining the hair on the top of his head more successfully. So all kinds of exciting opportunities. Carl may be fetching us coffee. There's a rumor. Carl will be getting us coffee. It will be instant. (laughs) <laughs> but we would love to have you join us for that. So that is coming up September 15th, 1.15 in the afternoon. And we hope that you'll join us for this live streaming event. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. 
visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... Was there kind of one big defining moment or was it a longer, drawn-out, more subtle process? For me, it was definitely a longer... Mm-hmm. subtle process but to see that kind of thoughtful ordering of things and the protection that that affords right. to churches to pastors to the laity and i really had to understand covenant theology right to understand baptism right but i still don't know what that means to redeem the culture right i don't know what it means we'll talk to you next time on mortification of spin This is where Luther's very helpful, I think. He's, you know, there's just a lot of common sense in Luther. Mm-hmm.